Hello! Welcome to another episode of the Cheesemies Cancel. My name is Trace. And I'm Leo. And we have our first guest on the podcast today. Welcome to my sister, Lauren. Hey everyone, I'm Lauren. Uh, she is a songwriter, also in LA, and she wrote the episode all about Broadway. So we are going to watch this video again, get her take on it, see the cancelable comments. And we're going to talk about clickbait. We're going to talk about if Lin-Manuel is an actual good singer. And we're going to talk about if we should just burn Broadway to the ground. Uh, so here we go. Here's the first minute of the episode. Check it out. Filipinos have representation in theater, but Broadway is low-key racist. Leia Salonga made history with her lead role in Miss Saigon, becoming the first Filipino to win a Tony. Fast forward to today, we have the first Pinoy Alexander Hamilton with Mark De La Cruz and Broadway to Hollywood star Eva Novelzada in the trailblazing movie Yellow Rose, which also features Leia Salonga. While the faces on stage look diverse, Broadway as an institution is far from it. Take American professional sports, which is known to have white owners and mostly black athletes. Broadway is no different. Even on the occasion when shows feature POC-centered narratives, they are written and owned by white producers. So what is diversity when it comes to Broadway? Is a diverse cast enough? And will we ever see Filipino stories told on the Broadway stage? I'm Trace Gaynor, and here's what you missed on The Cheesemates, presented by Kumu. That is the episode all about Broadway. And we are excited because we have, the first time we have an external writer with us watching the show and reviewing it with us. Um, so Lauren, what did you think of that episode? I thought it was good, frankly. I haven't seen it in so long. When I was watching it, I was like, you know what they should bring up? And then that was like the next thing we said every single time. And she's like, oh, props to me. Yeah. Um, I wrote that. Yeah, oh <laughs> That's so good. The other thing that I was going to say is that I'm like, OMG, so sad. We showed a picture of Sa- Stephen Sondheim, who unfortunately passed away this past weekend. Oh, right. Which is insane because he's like a theater legend. So yeah. we're like, the Radway's racist. And also Stephen's going. Yeah. <laughs> really sad. Um, And what he wrote the lyrics to West Side Story. So mm, I feel bad talking about it because, girl, he wrote those lyrics. <laughs> so that was him. <laughs> He was the one who said all that about um, Puerto Rico. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm like, may his memory be a blessing. Anyway, um, um, I definitely thought it was like strong. Like I was like, yeah. The, here, My two reactions to it were, first of all, that I was like, whoa, this is a super complicated topic. Because mm-hmm. even when we were moving between like the idea of off-Broadway and Broadway, it's like really what we're talking about is, first of all, like musical history. Mm-hmm. And second, like the community of everyone who does theater in New York, you know? So it's just like... Like, we call it Broadway, but it's just such a big thing. Like, when you think about, like, everybody who does experimental theater, like, across the country, it's like, of course, there's just, like, so many people. It's, it's like, really hard to try to, like, catch trends. But at the on the other hand, the other thing that was coming up for me, I was just like, obviously, it's racist. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I, I get that it's really nuanced. I get that it's really complicated. And it is. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, of course, Broadway is racist. Like, it came from minstrelsy, and it's owned by all white people. Like... Racism. Racism is abundant. Okay, so for the first part of this show, we will dive into, you know, the Filipino angle of this, sort of like the racist part of all that, what you just ended on, the how this is racist and, you know, how this really affects Filipinos. Um, So the big thing here, I mean, the big, like, learning, I think, from this was, like, someone that doesn't know much about Broadway is that, you know, like, Broadway is very racist. I mean... And it doesn't start necessarily as racism against Asians or Filipinos. Yeah. It's anti-black. Well, also, I would just say that, like, from a super zoom-out perspective, it's like, here's the thing. Broadway was invented as pro-white 
musical comedies, true, like musical comedy troops that could like travel the country. Pro white. Yeah, like like Mr. the KKK. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like yeah. Like I get that the KKK was probably wasn't like okay. Why are you talking about the KKK? <laughs> I don't know the goings on of the KKK, but I am like, listen, they were specifically sending out comedy troops that would go and be like, I'm a big, brave white man and I can do anything. And then it was like, these other, these people, these other people are like incompetent and deserve what happens to them because they're black and they're all these things. Mm-hmm. Like that just is like, that is where musical comedy came from. Like the first ever songs, like it's not been, it's a very recent development in music that you even are supposed to hear the lyrics, right? Second of all, it's a really recent development that those lyrics would tell a specific story. And then, of course, it's super recent for that those lyrics, that those stories, to tell a joke, you know? Mm. And the joke was always, Black people are stupid and Black people are wrong. Okay. Uh, ooh. This <laughs> <laughs> podcast. It's called Cheese Me's Cancel. You have to say <laughs> things that you're going to get canceled for. I'm like, nobody prop that. <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody take that out that it's that's just where it comes from like that's just is what it is so it's like it's just inextricable from that like it's really you can't you can't say that we've like left that all behind because it's like we haven't left it all behind we haven't and it comes from classical music which is again racist yeah wait so quick quick clarification and i i think it's important for the viewers and i'm speaking on behalf of them because i know nothing about theater Mm -hmm. or broadway and i think that was one of the things as as we were constructing the script because obviously as the creative director i'm working directly with the writers to shape the narrative and um you know make this cohesive within the series and one of the early distinctions that I had to understand is what do we mean by Broadway? And I think it's the way I explain it is it's very similar to how we would consider Hollywood because Hollywood is a place, but it also signifies something bigger than that. When you're looking at like mainstream cinema, you could consider that Hollywood or, you know, the box office, you can in some sense consider that Hollywood. It, yeah. It's a signifier of something greater than itself. And so when we're generally talking about Broadway or saying Broadway is racist, we're not necessarily talking about Broadway as a, a place in New York, it may touch yeah. on that. And I guess that also brings me to the question. So when we say Broadway or theater, that are, you're saying that that originated from the musical comedy genre? Yeah, well, just think about, like, I, it's hard to even explain, but just, like, it's just a thing where, like, where do songs come from? Like, who are the first people to ever write songs? Like, where did, like, what we now call pop form come from? Like, that came from strophic songs or whatever. Like, not to get so, like loser technical <laughs> on here but it's like when you, you just think about like <laughs> what where does american music come from it's like american music comes from jazz and obviously like classical music and stuff but songs like they american musical theater was like a huge development of that and the first ever american musical theater was vaudeville and the first ever vaudeville was minstrelsy mm. and anyway it's not it's it's a big concept but it, it just is true that like when art forms develop like that, you never really fully shed where they come from, mm-hmm. right? Like, even today, Broadway music is theater music at large, right? Pulls off of jazz and Jewish music and, you know, like, w- like quote-unquote, Western harmony from, like, classical music school, you know? All mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's just, like, we never, for you never are not working off that tradition because you can't write a funny song until you write a song where people hear the lyrics first. And we didn't, we wouldn't have written a song where people heard the lyrics first without like the need of minstrelsy. And I mean, this is also tough to like explain in the six minute Facebook video, but yeah. like you really have to like drag the audience through to yeah. like, to make a bold statement, which we'll get later into the 
podcast later about like why we have to make the bold statement like Broadway is racist is really hard to make that sentence and like really explain why without going through like years of music history and so if you don't do it though people are going to argue and it's like no it's not I guess too it's just a thing where like you have to kind of agree with the idea that that's a productive or correct way to think about things historically you know because that's what music history is it's like we're going to try to find these trends and then we're going to trace back like how that happened and we're going to go one step at a time and say like okay this person made this kind of music and then the next person was like i'm going to make it a little bit different you know so it's like you have to kind of understand that that's where we come from when we try to when we try to like categorize and put meaning behind and contextualize all those things you know Mm -hmm. you know there was one comment that i kind of want to go back to and we're at the point like where you know there is a little bit more of diversity in broadway but uh direct johan says Pinoys are always cast as the token Asian in a show, except for Miss Saigon, etc. That do need Asians. And I know you had when we were talking about the script, you were talking about how even now when there are like colorblind casting, it's now turning into the point where in every show there is the one character that is like, oh, we can afford to make this person oh, POC. Yeah. Remember we had that in there, but we cut it, but it was too long because it's too long. Remember we talked about where it's like where like Gretchen from Mean Girls is always Asian now in the Broadway musical version because mm-hmm. like the original cast was in the original Broadway cast. She was Asian. She's like a cool, awesome, like very cool lady. Yeah. Um, but it's just that weird thing where it's like, wait, so now that's just the pop character. Yeah. Because if you always recast it like that, that's how it is, you know? But then is that, like, is that bad still? Like, I mean, we're getting diversity, right? Like, is that okay? Well, I don't know. I guess I, it's a big question. Again, we're asking, like, really complicated questions. Cause Tell us the answer, of, like, Lauren. Yeah. How do, we, how do you fix <laughs> racism? Well, it's the thing of, like, it just is, it's always going to be a racist institution. Even if, like, I think about this all the time, like, during, like, Black Lives Matter, a lot of music schools were, like, for one year, we're going to do all black composers. And we're going to do all, like, female or queer black composers to, like, make, and it's like, girl, you've been playing songs for 120 years. You're trying to act like, <laughs> one year of doing all black composers is gonna like turn it all around but that is like some of the most radical things you could possibly do you know what i mean like what's more radical than being like we're only gonna play black composers but at the same time it's like for one year over you know how many years has it been where you're playing all like every single program is all white composers yeah so it's just like i don't know like i guess i don't know the answer because it's like if you start to tell Filipino stories, even if one year they were like, hey, on Broadway, we're going to do 100% Filipino shows this year, it would be like, okay, so there's 60 years, you know, there's 80 years of not that, and one year of this. Like, it's like, it just is a white institution. It's always going to be a white institution. So is there a silver lining in this? I think one of the things that um, people misinterpret when we talk about the cheese memes, especially on Facebook, is we're often coming off as like, victims like oh filipinos never get this or filipinos deserve this and on the other side of it what you're saying is are are you saying that it's impossible to separate um the racist origins from broadway and i'm not even saying in terms of like historical revisionism where i'm yeah. where i'm saying that we change the way its origins are perceived but i'm saying is there a way that we could move forward where there is an ideal situation. Or is the only solution just to shut down Broadway? Yeah, it's like no more. Cancel Broadway. I'm like, no, wait. <laughs> wait, I'm going to come and then you guys can shut it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come see like a couple shows and then we can be done. No, I guess it's a thing where it's like, we don't know yet. I, I think like these questions are so hard to talk about because it's exactly what you're saying. Like it, we say like, hey, y'all, there's a problem. And then the 
white response is like, that's all we can do. Like, you guys suck. We hate you. And it's like, chill. I wasn't even saying that, like, I'm not saying burn every theater to the ground, but it is like, I guess my answer, my silver lining, my answer to that would be like, I, with just life problems in general, like the first step is to just be like, hey, this is a problem. And then we'll just see how it transforms. Like, we'll see what changes. But I don't think that people who are on Broadway even have like, diver- well, I guess maybe it's different now, but I would imagine that old white producers aren't like freaking out about diversity you know maybe the way you don't think so in april of 2020 you know i think they are yeah, the old ones. I, guess, I don't know i don't know any broadway producers personally so i can't call them off and ask but i'm just saying it's like i think the silver lining is that it, like it really matters to say stuff like this and we'll see like we'll see how things change yeah. so okay there's a couple of things that i just wanted to mention because she's spot on we are an entertainment company and so a lot of people say like oh why are you focusing on this issue and it's because there's you know, there's only so much we can do. We're not saying we're going to solve the problem, but as an entertainment company, at least when you're talking about marketing, one of the first things is awareness. And I, I think um, these series, the whole point is just to get people talking. There was even, um, you know, we, we're still launching BTT or Breaking the Tabo. And one of the things that, one of the comments that came in yesterday when we were talking about Utang Nalob was, um, oh, this video didn't go deep enough. And they're absolutely right. Like in six minutes, you're not going to be able to talk enough about any one topic. But the whole point is that we're able to start the conversation. And one thing that I really like that, um, Lauren, you kind of a great example of is kind of this, I'm not going to say it's a middle ground, but it's, it's this idea that you can enjoy and love something but also be critical of it because yeah. i think oftentimes one down is put into this like critical light where they're saying like um you know how could you be about all about filipinos but then talk about all these negative things about being filipino you know and there could be both both can yeah. exist and i think you know we can appreciate certain things about broadway but also be critical about certain things yeah, yeah. i also would argue that the people who love things the most are the people who are most willing to say like things about it you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. like i think no offense to all the haters and these comments we're about to see but it's like i think i probably like broadway more than them you know yeah but i just am also willing to be like yeah but it's racist or like who knows you know like who knows what versions of like inclusion and diversity is going to look like across the board for institutions but someone just said in the comments like oh so you're saying the onus is on the institution itself to like relabel itself but i guess like i i would say like that's exactly what we mean that it's like who know maybe it's up to us as people to be like we're not going to go to broadway unless it's unless it's about people of color or maybe maybe those institutions are going to step up and that's going to feel really good and productive like who knows but that sounds like one really great option Let's not go until they put on Miss Saigon 15 times. Oof. <laughs> this year, we're no, only going to do Miss Saigon. Saigon's not even the answer. No, it's not. Yeah, it's Miss, not. yeah exactly, right? Because it's like Miss Saigon. It's like, they, Well, Miss Saigon, I, it also has its problems. It's yeah. the same thing. It's like we... But you know what's working those tunes. What <laughs> I'm like, but you know what's catchy? Miss Saigon. <laughs> Like, it's like, we do love the shows. Like, I love the shows. I love seeing Sondheim. Like, all, like, I'm obsessed with it. Okay, I think it's time we read some of these hate comments. Okay, can I read one? Yeah, I'm so ready. ready. Here we go. What the fuck is this channel? 
Tell me this. Why hasn't any rich Filipino person investing or spending money on making films and stories about Filipinos? How are you going to sit there and call people racist and then expect them to make films with Filipinos in it? Then you'll call that racist too. Let Filipinos rise up and make them their self. To that person, I want to be like, my name is Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you good? <laughs> like, seriously. Are you okay? Because <laughs> that one's it's just too much. That one, I'm like, you, you're obviously upset about something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody's oatmeal was undercooked today. I don't know what it is, but he's not having a good day. So, so what's your response to that? I would be like, chill out. Like, take a deep breath. Okay, I have two responses. It's like, first of all, it's not like at the end of it, we were like, the call to action is, we're going to kill Broadway. <laughs> like, we're going to do it ourselves. Boycott Broadway. Like, we're going to end it. It's like, we didn't say that, right? So for you to be like, what do you want us to do? It's like, watch the video is what we wanted you to do. Second of all, they are like, being like, okay, well, just Filipino people should go do it then instead. It's like, yeah. Like, yeah, you think people haven't been trying to, like, do stuff, you know? Yeah. Across the board, like, mm -hmm. outside of Broadway, just in general, like, that response to the, being, like, this is racist, and then being, like, well, POC people should just go do it themselves. It's like, girl, get out of my face with that bootstraps business. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> like, bye. I wish, but instead we have to watch, like, the worst, sorry, we have to watch, like, the worst shows put on by white people. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, chill. Canceled. Cancelled. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna get so cancelled during this. No, so it's like, it, it's two parts. It's, uh, and we've talked about it in, in previous episodes. Where yeah, I'm seeing a through line here. <laughs> there, there always is. It's, it's the people who are blaming Filipinos for not being represented when they're ignoring the idea that the onus actually isn't just on Filipinos, and that's not the point. The There's so many obstacles that are set up, that are institutional, that are systemic, yeah. that prevent what we want and so calling it out is the first step especially when we have a platform that has the potential to reach millions of people us being able to say broadway is racist and have the ability to have that in a video and discuss it you know one of the things that we saw is like again when we talked about um did america steal ube from filipinos and you'll get those very quick reactions because people don't want to be called out it's the same that's the same type of audience profile that this person is coming from it's just someone who doesn't want to be called out they don't want to be called racist because that's who they are yeah well that's what i thought but if if i could respond to that commenter for real in real time i'd be like how i'd just be like what went on for you today like, <laughs> what like, made you comment like, an angry Facebook? Yeah, like, first you woke up, and then what? <laughs> <laughs> like, then what happened? You spilled your coffee, like, your car broke down, something. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, I want to... Here's oh, a good question to ask. This is so long. How do we estimate what a reasonable pace of change is? It feels like an impossible question. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I mean, one thing is that we recognize moments that are important and they don't always have to be big moments because habits and small wins and you know various things build up and this goes back to the root of why we started one down it was because we didn't see online all the great things that filipinos across the u.s throughout the diaspora and then even in the philippines what they're doing and we wanted a place to centralize and just uplift those narratives 
facts. Because the fact is that so many great things are actually happening and we don't often get to hear about it. Yeah, but then it goes back to the like circular argument. It goes back to like, okay, there's a Filipino girl that's cast as like the lead in Mean Girls, but then we're still like, mm, it's not good enough. You know, like I, I get why that's like yeah. A, but again, you can love well, it. You can critique Filipino. it. She's Asian. Who? The, the lead in Mean Girls. Yeah, I mean that's just like a technical thing that like even though we do see sometimes like okay, fine, the um, Hades Town, you know, the girl that's in Yellow Rose, you know, but mm-hmm. like, is that person always going to get cast as Filipino from here on out? And well, then we're we're saying that's not good enough. Well, I, I think in the video is one of the distinctions that we make is that just having a diverse cast is not the diversity that we want. We want the stories to reflect actual culture. That's what we're looking for. Don't just cast a Filipino. Let's tell a story that is innately Filipino or innately black or innately whatever it is. Innately anything else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I also think too, it's just tough. Like it's tough to be in this position because if I were hearing, if I were watching something and a black person said like something's racist and then somebody said like, well, what do you want us to do about it? I would step in and be like, what is that person supposed to say? Like, why is it on us, the victims, to, like, fix this, mm-hmm. you know? When it's like, I don't know, this is your guys' thing. Like, this is your guys' thing. You guys made the Tonys. You guys built the theaters. Like, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it all. Yeah, but when they say you guys, you know, it's like, like, yeah. white people as a okay, whole, yeah. then you're pinning it back on, like, a one white person to be like, you fix it. And like, I don't know what to do either. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just saying, like, to that question, I think... Not to be, like, the Republican in the room. <laughs> it, is, it is a really complicated question, but it's just, like, what... Is there going to be a day where we're like, okay, like, that was enough reparations. Like, we've just banished, like, racism as an issue, and we've done what needed to do... We, we needed to do to, like, forgive it. Yeah. Like, it's like, are we ever going to be able to say that about anything? No. Can you ever even... Even just in a personal conflict, like when if somebody wrongs you like if your friend does something wrong to you it's not ever like okay now i'm never going to remember that again like you've done something that's like going to completely erase it it's just going to be this thing of like we always have to learn how to be friends and like be sensitive about that yeah here's another comment everybody is on the bandwagon boo hoo hoo write a story get it out there want to drive a fancy car buy one don't you think if I want a fucking fancy car, I just buy one? I'm like, literally, I'm like, send me that person's name. I'm going to email them. I'm going to be like, I need right No, I don't even think, this This guy's so old, he doesn't, he probably doesn't even know how to use email. I'm surprised he commented. Congrats. You guys are going to, I'm going to go back into this Facebook video and be all up in these comments. I'm going to be like, circling back. It's me, the writer. Hi. Um, okay, I was going to say this at the last time, but then I didn't want to be, like, too L.A. But that was my response to this one, too. That I'm, like, I do think that when people watch your guys' videos, and just, like, people in general, right, they assume that it's, like, this big thing. Like, they're being, like, oh, you all make these shows. Why not just make Broadway shows instead? It's, like, chill. There's three of us. <laughs> no, oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. Everyone thinks that we have all the resources in the yeah. world, and it's, like, oh, why don't you all do this? And it's, like, it's literally, like, two people who are, like, volunteering their time, and they're up till 4 a.m. Like, yeah. that literally is. Yeah. And I would just say that, like, I obviously don't know, but I feel, I'm, like, I feel like to even start the process of becoming a Broadway show, like if I were going to take a script that I had written and be like, okay, I'm going to go to Broadway, I feel like I would need at least $15 million. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, y'all are laughing, but I'm like, no, I'm serious. I was like, Jason Robert Brown once, tw- someone tweeted like, when are, we, when are you going to make your sh- your thing into a Broadway show? And he quote tweeted it and was like, let me know when you have $20 million. And, like, and Jason Robert Brown is like, one of them is yeah. the most famous person right now. Like, like does shows with Ariana Grande. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obviously there's nothing anyone can do. If someone who has Ariana Grande as a best friend can't get their stuff off the 
Yeah, that's a good point. People, I mean, I think people just look at like the one down numbers and assume like, oh, they must be a legit operation. But it's literally us typing into an iPad like ten minutes before (laughs) the script, being like, what is he gonna say? Yeah, no, seriously, it's a thing where it's so true. (laughs) Like, if you think about the logistics, I don't know. I guess it's just that thing where I'm like, once you start from my experience, obviously I haven't been all the way to the top, but it seems like once you get to LA, you realize like once you get to see behind the scenes a little bit, it's like most things are just a couple people trying to be like ah! <laughs> like i'm trying to get this done i'm trying to get this out and so it's like to, to the to the broadway's benefit you know it's like there, a couple people are writing these shows putting it together you know and then realizing these visions and for anyone saying like oh a filipino person should just do the same thing is like but it's just me So in the second segment, we will be taking the media learning, what we learned from this video, and what we would do differently if we got a second chance. Um, If I got a second chance, I would not do a video. I would just put on a show. (laughs) Put on a Broadway show centering Filipino narratives and mind my business. Weren't you going to do... Weren't you going to, like, write a song? Like, weren't you going to present this whole thing as, like... Oh, my uh, God, stop! <laughs> it's true. She you she asked me, oh, what if we do... Because you, you had a specific opening that you wanted to do instead. Oh, yeah, I forget what it was. It was, it was more of a sequence. Lauren and- was going to write a musical. I just thought it would be funny to... Yeah. Well, and, and it would address the thing of, like, get, then you guys write something, you know? Yeah, and, and so this actually co- goes into the conversation of how do we create openers. Yeah. Because, again, the, the whole the whole way that we play the media game, which is, again, as a struggling and new media company, we have to play the game in order for us to succeed, you know, to allow for a massive amount of people. And what I mean by a massive amount of people is, like, if we can get one million people to watch this and just talk about this topic that we find is important, that's that's an impact. And we care about that impact, especially having maximum impact. And so choices in terms of how we start. So, like, for example, you know, our opening line was... Filipinos have representation in theater, but Broadway is low-key racist. And we're very intentional with how we build even just the first three seconds of any video that you see um, on the chismis or even breaking the tabo. And it all has to go back into how is the algorithm going to sense our content? How does this engage with viewers? And what allows us to have that max impact? Do you think that that, um, that first sentence was clickbaity enough? I really like that first sentence. I'm throwing up. <laughs> Is that okay? I thought that because you know we I, we like thought about it. We like went wait, back and forth. but I okay. want I liked that sentence. You didn't like that sentence. Yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> oh my gosh! Here you have it. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so now, now that I see it, I'm like, yeah, because well, here's the thing. At the time, I was like, too big. Like it's making too big of a jump. But now that I'm seeing it, it's like I don't know. I feel like we captured exactly what we're saying from the very top. This thing. Yes. Like, but yeah. like you as an institution are just racist. Yes, and and so that's the point. Like, you know, Lauren and I were having this disagreement because I. And, you know, I don't want to talk for you, but from my understanding, and feel free to interrupt me on this, like, you didn't like the statement because it felt like it was, I guess, jumping too fast without having to explain everything. And so in your mind, that was considered clickbait. Yeah, not even clickbait, but I just was like, I just want to like, I just want to like prove myself before I like whatever. But I will say like almost every single thing, I look at it 
now and I'm like, oh, Leah was so great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like seriously. Okay, can we just? It makes me so mad. <laughs> can we just because pause? I'm like not even saying that. I like. I first of all, I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it. But second of all, it's just like, wow, I really ate shit on some of this. Like, <laughs> he was so right. <laughs> okay, so this makes me really happy, and I just have to tell to the audience because I'll I'll bring on new writers. And I'm I'm trying to be as respectful as possible, but also kindly tell them that their ideas are not gonna work. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the same thing. Like I think you had a lot of great ideas, and I was I was still always following Lauren's cue in terms of how the direction of the video goes because I'm not necessarily the expert on Broadway. I'm not a stakeholder in Broadway. I, I'm very much so a newbie to this. But one of the things that I bring to the table is that I understand virality and how to craft an engagement video so upon like Lauren giving me all this information I was kind of coming back and saying this is how we need to lead with the video and I remember at the first um, some of our first early discussions she was disagreeing with how we should do that and I was trying to explain this is how we engage a crowd Um, so I'm I'm really thankful that you you you're like super collaborative like I don't know I always feel bad because like I feel like I'm super like no that's how it is no I, I love I love opinionated people but if I have a data back to reason why I'm choosing something, I won't back down. Well, yeah, I mean, it just, it just is a thing where, you know, once you, see, once you've done something once, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. but to really, to really write it, to really let it sit, to not have watched the video for so long and then to watch yes. it again, I'm like, oh, that's why we do it like that. Yeah. What about, um, and the opener is really tight, like, and it's good. Yeah. Um, one thing that I know that we had talked about, cause I wasn't super involved with writing this script until mm-hmm. I like really didn't read the whole thing until we filmed it. But one part I remember that you and I were talking about quite a bit is like li- why we have to define, um, off Broadway oh, yeah. and the actual yeah. definition of off Broadway. Well, I think it was just a thing where that one, yeah, I guess I would change that part still just cause it's like, we were talking about Broadway at large and then that was us trying to go into this really specific like aspect of it, you know? And I, I wonder, there was just like, it was, I feel like it was clunky because we were, without having to explain, being able really to explain it, going from a super zoom out lens to a pretty zoomed in lens. Yeah. And, you know, the, the classic problem is that we have six minutes or less. It technically should be like four to five minutes to explain a very large concept. Yeah. And I think what we were getting at is we wanted to leave the video on a positive note you know it's not all supposed to be dreary mm-hmm. we're supposed to look into how this could be spun in a positive light and so to conceptualize in some form how filipinos are slowly gaining representation one of the the concepts that we use was the off-broadway shows because we had some examples of Fili- off-broadway shows that became big yeah off-broadway shows that became big but then we also correct me if i'm wrong are there there is a filipino off-broadway show or yeah. there was yeah. And so that that was a relevant topic, which is yeah. why we moved in that direction. It was worth it to, like, zoom in on that show. Yeah. And so... Well, to prove that that was successful, you know, I, I feel like part of the problem with it is that, like, you know, I feel like because we want to end on a positive note that we have to find, like, the best example of what could be mm-hmm. positive, yes. even if it might... Even if it isn't necessarily, like, mm-hmm. as big as we're trying to make it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think, like, highlighting that, that, like, oh, this is, like, an off-Broadway thing that's big, like, it's, like, kind of, like stretching to say that off-Broadway means anything. Because remember, you were saying, like, I don't know why we're going into off-Broadway to explain this. And, it, like, is it worth making something positive if we really have to stretch the importance of it? You know, we got a second opinion on this because I, I sent this script over to AJ Raphael, and he's, okay. now, he's now working with East-West players. He, at least in terms of Filipinos, has been a really pivotal slash key figure when we look at musicians succeeding. Yeah. And so it, 
it is a relevant thing. But again, he's involved with East-West players. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciated when AJ looked over it is he was the one who was mentioning all these other shows that are that still have relevance. And and I think it is a relevant um, thing to include these these shows or these performance or these plays, even though they're not necessarily the epitome of representation that we're looking for, they're still a step forward. And the fact that other Filipino artists who are involved in different parts of the space are recommending these, yeah. as an outsider, for me, it, it feels right to include it. Okay, well, not to flip the script on you, not to be the one who's like, but it's a broad audience. I would be like, yeah, I hear where you're coming from, but if you walk up to the average person, which is who we're going for at these mm -hmm. videos, right, and you said name five musicals, like, they're probably not even going to be able to get to five. No, exactly, but then... If you knew that you would hit a million people watching and you had the ability to name, that you could name five mm -hmm. Filipino plays, I don't even think we name five, um, <laughs> would that be impactful? And I think the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I just hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Leo and I are going to fight. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fight later. Me and Leo are going to have a podcast where we just fight about what we're, what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> So to wrap up, we will end with a little medienda. And so Lauren will have the first guest medienda, which is where we have a little media snack of something that we are watching or listening to that you recommend the audience check out as well. Okay, well, now I'm embarrassed because I feel like everyone's already heard of this. But I just think musicals these days are taking new forms. We're leaving Broadway in the dust. And you have to check out High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney Plus because that's like such a new musical thing. It's a musical TV show. My media is the All Abroad podcast. Um, They're watching the Kumu stream right now, and they have an episode with Jet Tolentino, who we also talk about in the episode. So make sure to check out that podcast and listen to that episode. What about you? Oh my gosh. Oh, I never come prepared. I love La La Land. <laughs> that's fair. That's fine. I'm leaving. <laughs> oh my goodness. You don't like La La Land? No, obviously I like La La Land, but it's like, that's the most racist movie musical. That's true. Like, it's like... You want to have another segment. Really, look, La La Land is racist. I don't really know the storyline. I just like the songs. I like the dancing. It's I like the free... Good. I like the freeway. You know, it's, it's another so It's another day of sun. Forgive and us for the Filipino us. sun. Um, for anyone watching or listening that is curious about your hot take that La La Land is the most is as racist as it gets, you want to give a SparkNotes version yes, as to why please. that is racist? Well, okay, I'm just speaking out because so many people are like the way they handled jazz in that movie was like beyond offensive. Yeah. Which is like okay, but girl, the songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, what are actual good musicals in your opinion? Ooh, good question. What, what should mine, we What should we be watching? The ones that I wrote. <laughs> Um, I don't know what are good yeah I, well okay see that's the thing too where I'm like how dare I come out here being like it's racist blah 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 don't support it. like that's we gotta change the narrative and then I'm like my favorite musical is West Side Story <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I love West Side Story I love no. um, I don't know I'm, I'm like a big musical fan I like like every musical like Mean Girls I'm like everybody should love Mean Girls everybody should watch Mean Girls um yeah. Unironically, you really like Mean Girls. Why would that be? I don't know. I actually okay, <laughs> embarrassing. I don't know. I have not listened to anything from Mean Girls, and um, I just assumed that like you I know, do you think that, like a lot of people. I I always say Mean Girls is my favorite musical because I think it's so annoying how everyone thinks that Mean Girls is like a silly musical, and I'm like, it's silly for what? Like because it's about women? No, because it's a ripoff of the movie. 
Yeah, but a lot of mu- like a lot of musicals. Like SpongeBob is one where I was like, come on. Okay, SpongeBob's also super good. Like, was it? I don't know. I don't listen to it. But what, like, what came first, Mamma Mia, the musical or the movie? The musical, right? I think so. I think it's, yeah, it's a musical. I would just assume that, you know, like, rip-offs, musical rip-offs of super commercially successful stories and other medium would be, like, of course it's not going to be as good. I guess, yeah. I get that argument, but I don't know. I just think that, like, in general, or whatever, there's this whole narrative that, like, like that the last great original musical was next to normal. Mm. You know that? Yeah. That's, like, Trace's favorite musical. Yeah. He's like, uh-oh. I know, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the thing where... I'm like, yeah, that kind of thing is really cool and really fun, but all the... all Like, Spongebob, Mean Girls, like, anything that gets young people to go into theaters is cool, too. Wait, Sp- Spongebob's really musical? Spongebob the musical is, like, legit. Like, nominated for Tony's. Legit. What? I mean, I hate saying the word legit, but it just is. Who... Do they sing, who lives in a pineapple? <laughs> No way. They make a whole musical and they don't sing the theme song. I don't know for sure. Really? Oh, can I say? Okay, this is for real. This is for real. My, like, all-time favorite musical, if I had to pick one, is The Adam Stanley by Andrew Lippa. Really? That's all I have to say. See, that's another one that I would just assume is not good because it's commercial ripoff. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I feel like other people are going to be like, okay, so this girl has the worst taste in musicals I've ever seen. (laughs) And I'd be like, what? You want me to say company? No. (laughs) Get out of my face. I'll say what I have to say. Um, What about your favorite Broadway stars? Um, um... Ben Platt? Yeah, I'm like, Ben Platt? Like, <laughs> Cynthia Revo. Taylor Louderman. Ariana Grande. Should we talk about Stephen Sondheim for like a little bit? Everyone's brought up his musicals. Companies by Stephen Sondheim. West Side Story. Um, I told you I'm a newbie to this. Yeah, we gotta cancel. Okay, so... Cut it out or you're canceled. <laughs> yeah, you're not canceled. There's, like, the, like, fathers of American musical theater are Rodgers and Hammerstein, and then one of his students is Stephen Sondheim, and he wrote, like, literally everything. Oh, wow. But he was 91 and passed away this past weekend, and it was a huge deal, and, like, all these Broadway stars, including Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, gathered in um, some little grassy area of New York and sang his beautiful song Sunday, and he's just, like, a total icon, like, biggest... Oh, I watched best Tick, Tick, Boom, ever. and then he died the next day. Yeah, well, Tick Tick Boom is not about Stephen Sondheim. It, it is. Well, Stephen. He's yeah. literally a character in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jonathan Larson is also uh, is who Tick Tick Boom is about. I know, but like, did you see it? Yeah, Stephen Sondheim is like a character in it. Yeah. Wait, can I ask um another question? People say Lin Manuel Miranda is the bad singer. Yes. Oh, across y'all, the board. Yeah, we'll say anything on this podcast. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. People definitely like. Okay, I think Lynn Manuel Miranda. I don't know why I'm like, what if Lynn sees that? <laughs> wait, wait, pause. <laughs> Let me just say, Lynn Manuel Miranda has shared one of my videos no way. on Twitter. That's was funny. it a one down video? No, it was Lin-Manuel when I worked in. I made a viral video about gift wrapping and it was featured on every single daytime show across the country. Okay. If you've ever seen the viral gift wrapping hack and it's green paper, that's my video. <gasps> Whoa. And and what does that have? And Lynn manuel Miranda shared that on his Twitter. He was like, I love this. Yeah, he thought it was cool. Okay, so, well, yeah. People, that's my I think people are just, like, tired of him. He is... Uh, I hate to say it, y'all. I really hate to say this, but he's a little chuggy. <laughs> you know what I mean? mean? You don't know what chuggy is? It's like this word that was, like, fake and now it's real. Well, I think people that... Um, Wait, Chuggy is a millennial term that millennials just make fun of themselves. But if it's, like, fake... But then it's real. That's like what we have to go through. Fake it till we make it. Yeah, definitely. That's what. Yeah. I mean, he's an amazing songwriter, obviously. Yeah, he's definitely like a genius storyteller. But I think people just are like, chill. Stop putting yourself in your movies. Yeah. I like that, though. 
He's definitely like. I mean, he was Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, but is that cool? Not look, when, you'll, you won't I see think, me like, in most one down videos. Right. The Twitter only because I don't look good on. Camera. It's literally uh, the Twitter vibe on Lin Manuel Miranda right now is like not good. Okay, then that's fine. But that's like I one like, down on Facebook. I'm like Lin, I'm here and I love you. It's just hard, it, you know. Like Hamilton is obviously like a, such a big role and it's such like a great musical, and I think people are just like, okay, we get it. Like, it was also the second time he cast himself as a star and something, and then like he just can't he can't keep himself out of his own. Okay, but in the Heights, he didn't. Yes, he's he, in it though. He's in, he's in it. Oh my gosh, that, that's like, a cameo. Whatever. He, was, he originated that role. Like, there's always, like, the That's true. Oh, like, so for the move. So, okay, okay. I get it, yeah. yeah. That It's like Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's like, let me write a story about this, like, perfect writer who's just, like, the most amazing, hardworking man. And, like, he, who, who do I know that's like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's, like, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. you know, he argue. has every right to put himself yeah. in it. He's very good. He's very good. I also think when is he the best singer for the role? Because it's like mm -hmm. who could ever have rapped like that? Yeah, and now everyone copies him. So he has every right to put himself there. We're sorry that we said that. We, we're sorry that we brought you up. Yes, please give us fifteen million. <laughs> I'm like Lynn, you can diversify Broadway. Yeah, Lynn, it's in your hands. Please help us. Put it in my hands. <laughs> I'm like, let me email this to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Cheese Me's Cancelled. Make sure to follow on Apple and Spotify and rate and review and follow and check back every single Friday. Uh, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.